Holly Cotton here, and you guys know I always love, love, love when I get to get people that inspire me on my show. And so today I have someone that I love their story. The first time I heard I heard this story, I was like, okay, I, you guys are motivating people. I love what you're doing. So I have one half of the She's Happy Hair company. Um you guys have seen me before with Marcus Bowers. He's always everywhere I am. Um, but now I get to get the other half today. So I have Warren Broadnax. And Warren is a CEO and co-founder of She's Happy Hair, co-founder of Happy Me Tea, CEO and executive director of She's Happy Foundation, and the CEO of Warren B. Inspire. So... You guys, welcome, Warren. All right. Thank you for having me, Holly. I appreciate you for, uh, you know, having me. Yes, yes. So I love y'all story. So before we get into anything, I want to go into the inspirational story that I know you've told it a million times as well. And and it, uh, the story, let me, let me just say, let me think if I can. Okay, so y'all started with $900 and, and a trunk of a car. Yeah, tried two cars. Truck of two cars. Yeah, we had two different cars, but yes, out of the truck of two different cars, absolutely. Okay, see, I I told you I heard it a million times. Okay, so tell us the story of how she's happy hair became what it is now. Oh, okay. How how did she's happy hair start and uh, fast forward eleven years to where we are today? Um, I think we started we started in twenty twelve, August of twenty twelve. Um, it started with uh, me and the co-founder, like you said, uh, Marcus Bowers. And honestly, it started as um, two military veterans uh, who were cordial and friends and uh, aspiring entrepreneurs. You know, um, we had already had like a, a hustle or two that we have attempted together. And I mean hustle. I mean, like, you know, something going on at Sam Houston Race Park. We might end up tapping in, going to Sam's and buying a whole bunch of water and just out there in the heat selling water, right? Just hustle, right? That's the core of anything is trying to flip it. So in uh, summer of 2012, at the at that time, I currently was a Houston firefighter. Um, and my job was firefighting and my second side job because I only worked two 24-hour shifts a week. So I had five days off. I worked at additional fire stations. That was kind of like my side gig was firefighting on the side as well well while working one of these side gigs my average pay would be about two to three hundred dollars a day while on the side gig marcus gave me a call and he was like man i got an idea and i was like uh yeah man i'm, I'm all ears bro what you got and he was like man we should sell some hair and um holly i ain't know nothing about no hair i ain't gonna lie to you other than uh, I, I like women who wear it. <laughs> uh, that's, that's about as far as I went with it, right? Like, I, I like women who wear hair. That's all I knew about women's hair extensions. So I was uh, dumbfounded. I was like, bro, why would you call me with, uh, you know, this idea to try to sell hair? Bro, this just not makes any sense. Then he let me know that uh, he was actually, you know, in cahoots with some guys. And they were selling hair. And he watched them make $4,000 in a weekend selling hair so at that point you had my attention because here i am working on a side job at the fire department but i'm still at hfd working an extra day for a 24-hour shift for 200 dollars. and he let me know that it was some cats selling hair made four thousand dollars in the weekend and they did not have to run into a burning building 
or uh, jump on an ambulance. So, but me always beating up fire. Yeah, exactly that part, right? Because I was firefighting, firefighting. My life was on the line for that little two hundred dollars. So, I was like, man, you know, I gotta give it, an, I gotta like give it some thoughts. So I was like, man, you know, give me a few weeks. Let me kind of ponder on this thing because I've always aspired to be an entrepreneur. And uh, I was like, you know, I'll get back at you. But when I hung up that phone, in my mind, I made it up like I now own my business. Like I made the decision, like I'm gonna pursue this. It's four thousand dollars in the weekend. I don't know what they did, how they did it, but if they did it, I gotta go see what I can do because I can do it too. So instead of on my next five days off for the next two three weeks, instead of me going to work a different fire station, what I would do is I would walk in the beauty salons. And uh, understanding that I did not know very much about this, I just knew that as a man who gets his hair cut a lot, if a female walks into the barbershop, we're going to invite that feminine energy and we're going to try to hold space with you as much as possible. So I was thinking, like, I wonder if I can reverse engineer this thing and if I walk into a beauty salon or a place that sells hair, will they entertain me and hold my energy? And I did. So I walk in posing as a customer um you know basically polling them and playing dumb hey my sister sent me in here to buy some hair i don't really know what i'm getting can y'all help me out and uh you know those women were extremely helpful so i would ask question after question how much does it cost what what should it do how, how who do you sell it to okay how long should it last right every question that i felt like i needed to get my knowledge up and i would ask questions until i seen that i was visibly pissing off the person I was talking to. You know, black women to give you that look like, bro, you go buy something, you, you gonna get up more. on out of here. You got one more question. You cool and all, but you gotta get up on out of here. So when I got to that point, I would immediately stop and be like, you know what? I think this is a little bit too hard for me. I'm just gonna send her in here. Thank you for your time. And I will go to another beauty salon. So two to three weeks of doing that five to six beauty salons a day, I felt like I had enough base knowledge to at least get started in the business. Gave Marcus a call back and, uh, you know, we met up at a good friend of ours and now partners of ours house. And, uh, you know, it's like, hey, let's go in um, collectively. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if he gave all his, his all, but I gave all I had, which was $450 in my bank account. And uh, <laughs> we sent that off into the World Wide Web and, uh, you know, then came She's Happy Hair. To be completely transparent, Hollywood, we ain't know what we was doing at first. That first bunch of $900 hair was a whole bunch of garbage, uh, to, to completely be honest. But I approached this thing with, like, I'm, I want to do long-term business. Like, I really want to build something off this. I think this may be my opportunity into entrepreneurship. So as I would sell hair to customers and, you know, go out. And I didn't have nothing of a marketing strategy. My marketing strategy, I was single at the time, and I knew I could talk to women. So, and the only way I knew how to talk to women was to approach them like I wanted to pursue them and get their phone number. So that was my game. I was at Scott Gergens. I was at all. I was at all the same spots that I would frequent to go and meet women, and that's why I would go meet my customers. And instead of like me ending that conversation with "Let me call you sometime," I pull out a flyer like, "Hey, if you need some hair, you know, reach out to me." And uh, they were very perplexed. I'm not gonna lie to you. They were very, very perplexed because it's like. Oh. So you're so so the women you are attracted to all of a sudden went from heads of hair to now they've got to be bald headed because now you got to find yeah no I ain't got to be attracted to them they just got to be a woman at that point hey what is business it's business so I ain't got to be attracted to them they just got I just got to assume that they fit my demographic 
And I was very inspired at that time uh, because I did not have cable, and this was the days of DVDs, uh, by Baby Boy. You know, uh, you remember Tyrese on Baby Boy when he was selling them dresses? What? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, oh, that was my inspiration. Um, so with that, we started off, right? Uh, we would put posts on Craigslist. When Craigslist was prevalent, that was the marketing strategy. Wake up in the morning, put 30 posts on Craigslist. Happy hair, cheap hair, luxurious hair, Brazilian hair. And then we would wait until females would call. When they would call my phone, no matter where they were in the city of Houston, I would drive my little raggedy car with no AC and go meet them to sell my hair. And 99% of the time, because this was August, September, it was still hot. You know, this heat ain't new to Houston. My car would run hot when I made the sale, but it never discouraged me. So a lot of times as I'm making the sale at the trunk, my hood is smoking. And, uh, you know, a lot of them black women, I ain't gonna, I don't think they care, care, but they did give me that, you all right? You gonna be good? You know, just that. And I'm like, it's yes, your, man, I'll be it's good. your primary vehicle or this your work car? Yeah, like, you you all right? You know, they'll act like they care, but before I can even say I'm good, they already down the road with, with their bundles, right? But as the first batch, as we kind of dropped the ball as far as quality, I would always meet with my customers. I would always give them a chance to hear them out and just set the expectations and make it right to do long-term business. About four months into it, we were able to kind of, it got chaotic, you know? You got, you're getting calls from women at two, two o'clock in the morning. Can you bring a bundle to the north side? And it was at that time I decided that we needed some type of centralized location so that our customers can come to us because my car couldn't make it, point blank, period. I can't, I just, it just wasn't gonna make it, Holly. So we started off with 400 square feet in December of 2012. Uh, 400 square foot spot right there in Black Mecca, right there behind Chacho's on the fifth floor. And that's when She's Happy Hair had its like first location. $400 in rent, 400 square feet. We in that thing all day. You know, I did my best to decor it up. Terrible, terrible move. Zebra. I don't know why I thought women like black and red and zebra. I was wrong. But, you know, it's entrepreneurship. You don't know what you don't know. Fast forward to today, um, we currently have, still in open right now, seven locations across the United States. Let me downsize this on. Uh, three in Houston, Texas, two in Dallas, Fort Worth Metroplex, uh, one in Atlanta, Georgia, inside of a Walmart, one inside of uh, Detroit, Michigan, right? Uh, we have been self-funded throughout this whole process. So every challenge that you your normal black entrepreneur goes to we definitely had when it came to funding we just flipped the 900 over and over and over um i think the probably the most proud i didn't say the most proud thing but the most um inspiring thing to most entrepreneurs is for us to come from 900 dollars at the trunk of our car to be in multiple markets multiple retail stores and gross over 100 million dollars plus and revenue right so and i think we get that from being able to do the core values that she's happy had from day one right when we were in that 400 square foot space it's three things that kept she's happy hair in business number one great customer service uh because when you got a black woman who walking into a little small office building <laughs> with no windows they don't know what they look walking into they got 700 dollars of spend and you're looking at me and I got all these tattoos and like, no, you're in the right spot. Obviously, when that door opens, right. you see me. Zebra print. Yeah, zebra, zebra print is tacky as hell in there, right? It's like, oh, I can't be in the right spot. So giving them that top-tier customer service to make them feel comfortable, having a top-tier quality product that, uh, you know, that was affordable, 
having it always in stock and very aggressive and innovative with our marketing would be the core things that really made She's Happy Hair, She's Happy Hair. Now we're able to, you know, employ so many phenomenal women across the, uh, the country. You know, a lot of people, when they think of She's Happy Hair, they think of me and Marcus, but we just co-founded it, right? We have so many phenomenal women nationwide that support this brand and also that run the day and day of our brand. So first, I had, um, you know, I'm taking taking notes as you're talking. So the first thing I want to say is that I don't know why, even though now I'm looking at your your last name being Broadnax and Marcus's last name being Bowers, I just assume that you guys were brothers. No. So when you're telling a story, I'm just like, for me. And I, I know that you do a, a lot of a lot of um, like entrepreneurial stuff as well, Warren. And, and the one thing you always hear about is about your circle and how who you have in your proximity is is a determining factor of how successful you're going to be. So listening to your story, that just just it should just resonate with people because your friend, not your family member, but your friend was like, bro, I got an idea. And you, as the friend, were like, all right, well, hey, I'm about to idea too. So, but that's the whole thing. I think a lot of times people don't realize who you're talking to on a daily basis or who's in your circle. That's the kind of power, power talks that you're supposed to have. So just to rewind to that, like the relationship that you guys had where you trusted him, like how many years of friendship was in that? How often did you guys talk to where you knew that you could trust him. Oh, excuse me. You thought you could trust him. You didn't know yet that his idea was going to work, but give us some insight into that friendship and how y'all had like these business conversations before you even switched over to an entrepreneurial world. Uh, I think again, just our relationship. Like we, we, we met, we went to Willerys together, I think. Uh, he came to Willerys like senior year, so we didn't kind of know each other of each other at Willerys. I went all years, but we really kind of got comfortable with each other in the military. So we both ended up joining the Navy, and in San Diego, we just so happened to end up living in the same apartment complex. So obviously, when you're displaced, you always connect with people who are from where you're from. So that's where our relationship kind of, you know, was homed. I think at one point in time, he ended up moving in our apartment at one point in time in San Diego. So when we came back, I think uh, I think he, he told me he reached out to a few people. I was the only one that really had the energy, like, let's get it type thing. But I think knowing your... They big mad now. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, big they mad now. Yeah, 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 yeah. They wouldn't have did it, though. They don't, they, they're not built like I'm built, guarantee you. Oh, so <laughs> we weren't the right person. But... Um, I think you know your circle, right? I think he reached out to the people who he thought would be a perfect fit. It's just with me, I took it and ran with it. It's just like, you know what? This is it. And again, I've always had that fire to be an entrepreneur before I even knew probably what the word entrepreneur was just growing up and watching my mama say, oh, you know, he's a businessman. And you watch the businessman go have his ups and downs and he ended up being sometimes and sometimes he back in the Cadillac, right? But that freedom is something that always appealed to me so when he did approach me with the idea it was just like you know i cannot dismiss this because he's telling me these cats made four thousand dollars and this is something i always wanted i always tell people like you know don't you never know where your blessings might come you never know where your opportunity might be because i easily could have dismissed that and be like man i don't know about no hair click and hang up my phone 
but you know that decision has been life-changing for us and a lot of families and i'll tell you that i have like my informal mentor who kind of has really sort of like given me so much good business advice just in 2023 and i remember having a conversation on new year's eve and and so i was like man i was like i feel like last year was the building year i i feel like i branded myself and i'm like i think 2023 like we gonna and he was like don't say no to nothing. And, and he was like, as long as it's in, within reason, like it ain't nothing crazy. And he was like, but don't say no to nothing. And when I tell you, Warren, I, the same thought, like I haven't said no certain things this year. I'm like, you, this sounds like some crazy stuff. Like, you, this sounds like some bull, you know, but I'm like, you know what? Let me see where it goes. And just by not saying no as my first reaction, and just saying, well, let me see where it is. Well, you know what? Yeah, let me do that. Let me let me see what's going on. But just changing that little thing. Oh my God, I've been in rooms that I couldn't even imagine that were ever rooms for me. I so I love that. I see part. you. You are everywhere. So I, I see you ain't turning out up with your collar because you are everywhere. I ain't lying to you. It's inspiring. So yeah, keep up whatever that is. Don't say no. You are everywhere. That's right. That's what I said. And look at it. Look at it. Um, but, and I also wanted to just also kind of piggyback on what you said, because I did, um, I had, um, uh, uh, one of the founders of the new black wall street on my podcast before, and we were talking about the hustler mentality and how that at some point exchanges into an entrepreneurial mentality. And, and so he was telling me the story about how he used to be in fourth grade and he was selling candy on the playground. And, and I was just saying that, and as I'm listening to you and, and with the side jobs and stuff, cause that's how I always am. Like my kids, you know, I always had three or four jobs. Like I never just, I would be, whether it be, I got a day job now I'm making t-shirts. I got this. Now I'm doing fitness. I got this, I got that. So just, I think once you you guys have this and you kind of figured out what worked, I think it it helps the audience to kind of motivate them. So at what point did you say, okay, this was hustling? Like I'm just trying to make bills bills meet. I'm trying to just get more hair to do this. And at some point you shift to where now this is a business. So for the people that are doing that, all right, let me get I got $30. Now I'm gonna put it back in to get 30 more product or I got this and now I'm gonna do that. You know, it's just like, that's the hustler mentality. So what are some tips where you get out of the hustler mindset to now, this is your business. These are some things you need to do as a business person. I think you've got to, uh, I think you got to play the role, but get the part, right? Um, when I approached it, I didn't approach it as a hustle. Like I told you, as soon as I hung up that phone, in my mind, it was a business. Like, in my mind, I was who I am right now, right? 11 years later. Like, so you got to play the role to get the part. If you keep treating it like a hustle, then that's all it's going to be. You limited it. You putting a ceiling on that thing. If you want to treat it like business, you got to play the role to be the part. So I handled myself like a CEO. I always did good business. I never wanted to hustle nobody. I always wanted people to be satisfied with what they got and always want to come back. I wanted when I made a sale, I didn't I wasn't the only one that felt like I won. I wanted my customers to feel like they win. And when you do have that vision early on, you got to understand it's just a mindset thing, right? And you for you, it's just a mindset thing. All right, I'm now this, it's now my business. But that is only going to be for you. 
that is not going to be nobody else is getting the text message the emails the news flash i'm on my business ish right now i'm bossed up i'm a business owner so when they approach you they will belittle your vision and be like oh that little hustle thing or oh man tell me what you do this like it i i lost friendships right of people who was like oh man i see you doing a little half thing hook me up with everything because my wife want to do it too and this is like week two three of me going in and i was these are people i really were cool with and i'm like nah bro i'm trying to i'm gonna take this thing all across the nation what what and they was like oh i ain't, ain't tripping you know man you just acting funny you don't want to give me the plug and you got to be willing to know like when you get a vision it's your vision it ain't everybody else's vision and your circle is not going to accept that they not go accept that greatness that you're going for they go see you for your failures especially your loved ones right uh, i think a lot of times when people get the vision they immediately start to that immediate circle and be like who's gonna believe in me who's gonna encourage me who's gonna give me my self-esteem uh, it's self-esteem for a reason right <laughs> you got to provide that for yourself and you just got to keep proving people wrong through the process because you know i don't hold it against people but People knew my my closest friends at the time. They knew my schedule. They knew that I was a firefighter. They knew five days a week, Warren, I had hidden. After he hit the gym, he go hit happy hour. So they would still call me on those trains. Hey, man, it's Wednesday. I know y'all. Let's go hit Scott's. And if I wasn't going to promote, it's like, nah, bro, I'm going to work on my business. He's like, what do you mean work on your business? You a firefighter. What are you talking about, right? Be littling. I ain't expecting. I ain't even argue with you, bro. All right, bro, have a great one. Or at that time when I really was getting into business mode, I kind of changed different things. I only wore cargo pants because I can always have bundles in my pockets. Uh, I think we both old enough to be able to appreciate and live in color back in the days when they used to pull out the car and like, bam, right. right? So to me, the bundles was the bam at any given time. I got these bundles on me. And I still remember very uh, well, like at one of my little cousin's birthday parties at Funplex and I had my cargo pants on and I was like announcing to my family like, oh, let me let y'all know, like, man, I'm selling these bundles now. Like, I got a bundle business. And I pulled it out. And you would have thought I told the best Kevin Hart joke. Like, everybody laughed at me, right? And I didn't feel any type of way. It was like, all right, y'all don't see my vision. I'll show you. It just put a chip on my shoulder. So I think it's a mindset thing. Once you make that decision, you just go with it. And you got to play the role to get the part. But you cannot expect your immediate circle of loved ones to buy into it. But what you can't expect is strangers to tell people all the time. If I walk up to a stranger right now and say, hey, I'm an airline pilot. Unless you see me crash a plane, you got to take me for what my word is, right? So go and find the customers. Go and take that mindset to, you know, people who are not in your immediate circle because they not go see your vision initially. Well, let me tell you this. Whoever is listening to this, if you're on the treadmill, because, you know, I do audio and visual. So if you're riding in your car, if like he just dropped like that was like a whole mic drop. Like that was you drop so much information and knowledge right there. And I think that that is so true. And and it you hear it all the time about people. And I just told someone this, too. And I was like, if you're looking for support, like you have an idea in your head and you're looking because you want to do something, but you need support before you start or before you you will Absolutely. never start. You will never start because <laughs> people defer even now. I done did all of this in, in a year and a half and my friends are still like, well, you know what? What you know? Oh, OK. Like they don't understand you know, like when you, you are your brand that you, everything about you has to be about your brand. Like 
yeah, I'm going to post funny stuff. I'm gonna, but everything comes around the umbrella of what is Holly Cotton? What are we doing? You, when y'all see me on the vineyard with the Obamas, you right. don't know what happened. You know, you're like, oh, she did say that. So how did you, th- that was one of the questions that I had. How did you, because I don't know a lot about hair. Don't be mad at me because I come from Louisiana. Don't be mad at me. Everybody ain't able. Thank the thank the uh, French uh, masses that you know was in the slave quarters and made people cooking biscuits like me. Don't be mad at me, but um, so I don't really know a lot about the actual you know uh, bundles, the 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 weave, the sew-ins. I mean, I know a general idea of it, but is that typically a woman-dominated field, or is it that women are putting the hair on, but the men are usually the ones No, it's definitely it. a woman-dominated field, right? Uh, I think as far as the users, and uh, obviously the users, right? We, we uh, cater to African-American women, right? Uh, <laughs> I think it's mixed between right. females, of course, at the time. You know, when we started this, it really wasn't this business model. When we started it, the business model was like, if you did have a female or a stylist who had to connect to the hair, they didn't have it on hand. You would have to give them your money, and then they would basically put the order in for you. And four or five days later, hopefully, you got what you wanted, right? That's kind of how it went. Or the other alternative was Asians, right? That's pretty much right. But beauty supplies, all of that great stuff. So when we came in, and still today, right? They don't like me at all. Um, but they got to respect it. So I think we had came in. We, we came in with a whole new itch to it and i understood that demographic that we were coming in so a lot of times before i would walk into the beauty salons again i would utilize the things i had that's how we would make sales not just craigslist i had a nike duffel bag at all times at the beginning of my day a little bigger at that time because i was my body depended on my life being on it so i would go work out from the fire department and then i would walk in the beauty salons utilizing the fact that I'm a man walking in here, make sure I got my cologne on, fresh haircut, and then I got a product you need. And then that, that'll differentiate me from the females who are doing it and having it on hand, but also the level of customer service commitment and knowing my people was able to differentiate me from the Asians in this community because I think we know how their customer service is and how they treat us. And that's kind of how we started our commitment to give it back to the community. Because as this thing started to work, it was like, man, I watch women come in and give they last penny. Last penny. Make a $400 purchase and the last $5 is in pennies, right? With a baby on the side. So it's like, man, if these women are supporting us, these mothers are supporting us, it's only right that we're doing well, that we give back to the community. So that's kind of how the foundation was actually started. It was just by like, if we doing good, the community, we only here because of black women, then we have to be unapologetic and giving back to black women. We both were raised by single mothers and giving back to the kids that look like us for sure. Okay, so I'm gonna circle back to the to the last question as um as uh, about what all the other stuff that you're doing, but I just wanted to just add to the the original question that I had. Do you feel like you get negative um I don't want to say feedback, but do you ever feel like there's some kind of 
like resistance from women that y'all two are like the faces of this big, huge hair company. And like, do you ever, do you ever feel like that? Like some women resent you guys cause y'all are men. I, I don't, I'm not gonna say I feel like that because for the first five years, nobody knew who we were by design. We did never, we never put our face in front of the brand. We never put anybody's face in front of the brand. The customer was always the face of the brand. There's never been an influencer bigger than She's Happy Hair. You'll never see me like Mattress Mac holding up bundles like, we save you money, come get your bundles, right? It's always been the product. It's always been the customers. Now, five years into it, after proving concept and showing people that like we can take care of business, we kind of stepped out, at least I did a little bit more and was intentional on stepping out on the entrepreneurial side. But if you look at my brand right now, if you look at my personal page, you don't really see She's Happy Hair on it. And if you look at She's Happy Hair page, you don't see Warren on it. So I don't think that we get that much hate because we don't really marry the two as much and we keep the main thing, the main thing, which is always putting our customers as being the stars of the brand. Okay. I love that. I love that. There you go. So see, there y'all go. Y'all always want people. And I just, that's so funny that you said that Warren, because I just saw a video of a, of a guy and he was talking about, um, you have to, when you're starting a brand, you have to make a decision. Is the brand you, or is the brand a product? Because if the brand is you, then everything is about you for that brand. And a lot of people that are trying to be influencers, I think they they lose the focus of, of that. Like, are you selling a product or are you selling yourself? So I love that you broke that down for everyone um, because that, that makes sense. Like, you're not trying to sell us. We want y'all to focus on the product. So good advice, good advice. Okay, so circle back. Tell us because now you guys have done all of these these things but now you're giving back to the community one i see whenever anytime i see like a banner behind someone at an event i always see your name uh she's happy here as a sponsor so you guys sponsor everybody and their mama it seems like <laughs> and i know you have all of these give backs all of this stuff for the community so tell us about the foundation and some of the things that you guys are doing with that well, so we started Foundation 2013, right? Like I said, we started August 2012 is when we started She's Happy Hair. For August of 2013, we were doing our first back-to-school gift pack, right? Understanding that, like, we got to do something for these babies uh, because it was it was a humbling experience. Like, I used to sit there at first year and count money like, I can't believe they gave me this money, <laughs> right? So you're feeling obligated to give back to the community because for number one, I knew that we needed it coming from humble beginnings. But number two, I want, always wanted to be an entrepreneur who kind of led with by my actions, right? So fast forward to today, I think we didn't, it was started as give backs. We would do that. We would give, give back for Christmas. And now today we, I launched the actual 501c3 in 2018 when I kind of got my knowledge up and was like, okay, I don't have to write all the checks. We can get community partners can kind of help us grow and blow this thing now we have over seven annual givebacks per year um that starts from our back to school give back where we're giving away over 1200 backpacks at all seven of our locations right to kids to free haircuts 
to doing free hair for the kids to our uh, Easter family fun day at the park, which we've done it for four years in a row at Krista Adair Park. It got too big last year, so we probably not allowed back at Krista Adair Park. But that was themed at, again, at single mothers, right? For single mothers who don't know, who don't have the resources and don't have nowhere to take your kids for Easter, we was like, we just going to rent out a whole park, provide the food, provide the bounties, provide the whole experience, and just come out and have a great time on us. We stepped it up, backdrops, so that they can be have more memorable moments. Um, as well as we have 11 years of Christmas gift backs where you can go to any, any of our seven locations, and uh, there'll be a chocolate Santa there to take the photos. It came from the idea back in the day when you would have the Santa in the, in the mall. It used to piss me off because I couldn't take photos with the Santa in the mall. So you could bring your baby, take a free photo with chocolate Santa, as well as be able to, every kid in there gets a gift. We raffle off bikes. We've been doing that for about like 10, 11, this would be year 11. We kind of uh, pivoted for COVID with that. And uh, since we kind of getting it hands-on, we would just fill up U-Hauls and pull up at CUNY Homes, pull up at Jailhouse Apartment in Houston and just surprise babies, which I thought was even more phenomenal because they never knew we were coming. So to see kids ride off with a bike 20 minutes before they didn't even know they were going to have it, I mean, that's the main thing of, like, what we do it for, you know, is the foundation. You know, as an entrepreneur, it's hard, it's tough, it's lonely, it sucks. Everybody else looks at your success, but you so lost in the sauce and trying to figure out whatever rut or get past whatever failure you're currently facing. It's overwhelming. But that community give back aspect, talking to these kids, making sure they see us, making sure that they see also other entrepreneurs see as a company, this is what you should do. You know, it means more to me when a woman may come to me and say, you know, you know, I came to all of your Christmas give backs and every my kids depend on your sound of the take photos and they've got Christmas gifts from you. And we came to every backpack give back. That's way more fulfilling to me to saying, oh, I came to shop with you or I heard your jingle on the radio. So our commitment to the community is second to none. And we have been very intentional. I have for sure been very intentional about displaying that even before it was kind of tasteful. You know, at one point in time, people were like, oh, I don't know why people give it back. And then they want to put cameras in people's face. I'm like, shit, when we doing crazy stuff, we putting cameras in people's face. When we at the club popping bottles, we putting cameras in people's face. So people should see, especially black entrepreneurs who are made by black businesses, giving back to our black community and leading and putting our money where our mouth is. I, you know what, Warren? I said the same thing not too long ago because somebody was saying this, something similar to that. And I'm like, listen, it when you're highlighting someone doing something positive, it's not about clout. It's not about attention. But for me, I think that it shows people, this is what you should be doing. This is a way of you to give back. Cause I think a lot of people have a big heart, but they don't know what to do. They might, they might want to do something, but they don't know how to give back or they don't know, you know, but then they see you doing something and they're like, Oh, you know what? that's a good idea. I should do that. Or, oh, I didn't even think about that. So it's not about clout when people are doing happy, positive things. It's about, like you said, we're highlighting this and it gives people the opportunity to say, oh, maybe I need to do that. Or how do I go up one up that? Or what do I need to do in my life? Because I love a feel good story myself. I've been on my show before where people made me cry and I'm just like, like I'm, I'm tearing up, you know, I'm just like, oh my God, this is such a good story. But it's, 
like for me, that's what my purpose is, is, is to highlight and pull that out. And I might ask a question and now the person is saying something they weren't even thinking about saying, but then, you know, they caught it. Like you, you, you gave all these little free tools uh, and all these gems and stuff. And, and so anyway, oh, I'm just, that makes me so happy. See, I knew I met, see, I knew I cut for you for a reason. This is why, this is why. <laughs> my energy don't lie. My energy don't lie. I know, I know. So, okay. So for everyone that wants to follow you, support you, because we don't want y'all just to go follow Warren. One, he's happily married. So, you know, don't think you about to be going on his page because for everyone that's listening that doesn't even see this video, he's very handsome, got good teeth, got, look like he used rose water on his face every day. <laughs> you know, he got, he got I his, wish I <laughs> <laughs> so but you know but they want to follow you for entrepreneurial side and and he does post little motivational things and then also you post things that you're doing in the in the community so drop any way that people can follow and support you but we really want to know how we can support you and support the foundation because that could be something too even if you're not out there taking pictures they can still support you guys by doing whatever it is that you're you're saying. So, what what you got? Drop everything. Absolutely. Uh, my personal brand is a uh, Warren Broadnax, right? W A R R E N B R O A D N A X, and uh, that's on everything. Instagram, tick, everything, right? Warren Broadnax. Uh, the foundation, the She's Happy Foundation. We are always looking for support. Um, you could follow the She's Happy Foundation on Facebook or Instagram, or you can go to the site, the She's Happy Foundation. We have a link there. If you just want to bless us to bless somebody, we just did our first year, which was a huge milestone for me of giving away $5,000 worth of scholarships for youth, uh, you know, of, of color, um, in underprivileged communities who just did an exceptional job with school. So, you know, we're going to kick that up to hopefully $10,000 this year. Um, so the She's Happy Foundation. And if you need any bundles or any of that great stuff, of course, you know, you can please go follow She's Happy Hair. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure that you're taken care of. I love, hey, if I ever wanted some bundles, I know where I'm coming. Now, do y'all no sell other stuff besides bundles? Because now I'm I'm curious. So do y'all sell wigs? We sell wigs. We sell tape-ins. We sell clip-ins. We sell edge control. We have a line of hair care products um, that are that specifically formulated for your natural hair. You know, a lot of our customers sometimes they'll, they'll they use the bundle so much that they sometimes forget to take care of their natural hair. But as far as our shampoo and conditioner, argan free, paraben free, right? Uh, sulfate free. I'm sorry. Um, and th these are things that it took me two years to kind of get the right concoction and getting it right, getting the right formula together. So if you a natural person, you don't wear hair like yourself, but you need a hair care product as far as shampoo, conditioners, argan oils, Moroccan oils, tea tree oils to take care of your natural hair. We also have phenomenal products in stock as well. Okay. So y'all, I'm you know, I got to support. I'm 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 gonna have me some products. Y'all gonna see me post post it on my page. I'm going to get me some She's Happy Hair stuff. I'm going to show that, you know, Creole people can use products too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's for everybody. It's for y'all. You, know, you can watch that nice, pretty curly hair with this uh, shampoo and conditioner. We would love to see the before and after. We got to make some content. 
I'm going to do a real. I'm going to do a real. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So thank you so much, Warren. We know that is Warren Broadnax, you guys. Make sure, like you said, you follow, support, all of that. And then I think the biggest thing that people can take away from what we did today, uh, what we talked about today, is, is that don't give up. And whatever that idea is in your head, it it could be your opportunity to win. You just got to believe in it. You have to put the work in. You got to believe, even if nobody supports you, even if it's just you in the trunk of your car, whatever it is, if that idea is in your head and it's keeping you up at night, it's, it's your, it's your turn to win. So you, you gotta, you, it's it, this it, the whole team winning this year, whole team winning. So you still got time to get it in. Facts, facts, facts. Perfect. You're absolutely right. Thank you, Warren. Thank you for having me, Holly. Uh, You have an absolutely amazing day. I hope the listeners took something from this.